be happy to answer any questions you have. Uh, Psalm 68, are you there? Look at this one verse, verse number 35. It says, Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power. Somebody say power. Come on, say power. The God of Israel, it is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. And we thank you today that you are, are about to do just that. You are going to give strength and power to your people today. Impart your word to us, Lord. Let it transform us, God. Let it change us today. We give you all praise and glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our God is awesome. Our God is bigger. Our God is greater. I love, Pastor Moses, this song that you and the choir and the band led us in today. What a great reminder. Our God is actually all-powerful, omnipotent. That's, that's what he is. Omnipotent is omnipotent. Potent is powerful. Omni is just all. So our God is all-powerful. He's bigger than anything ever was. Nothing has ever compared to him. He's in a class all by himself. None will ever come before him. None can come after him. He is God, the only true and living God. Buddha died, and he stayed dead. Muhammad died, and he stayed dead. Jesus died, but in three days he rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Who could do that? Only our God, only our big and strong and powerful, mighty God. Now get this. This all-powerful God wants to share his power with us. You've got to get this today. God in all his love says, I'm going to give you some of my ability. I'm going to give you some of my power. It's called the anointing. The anointing is when God applies his ability to his sons and daughters. To anoint is to rub or smear. Some weeks ago, a few months ago now it's been, I spoke on the anointing being restored in our lives. And I ask you to imagine God putting his ability as it might be like lotion. Lotioning up his hands as it were. Oiling up his hands and then reaching down and just rubbing that all over us. I don't know about you, but I want to be anointed by God. I need God's ability to do what I do. I need God's help and power to be all that he's called me to be. And he offers it to me today. He offers it to you today. He's ready to share his power with us. What a thought. Think about that. To think that God would give us even a small portion of his ability, of his strength, should blow our minds. How powerful, how exciting, how encouraging is this. I don't have to walk this path alone. I don't have to do it in my own strength. I have otherworldly strength and power available to me. 
for every day that I live, and so do you. We've been talking for a few weeks now with a few interruptions, Father's Day, Fourth of July, but we've been focusing on overflow. We found out that there is a place of overflow. I took you over to this section of the church over here as though we were walking through a desert and we stumbled on, if you will, this oasis, a place of overflow. We found out that God would lead us even through the difficulties to a place of overflow. We also found out that the place of overflow wasn't just a place that we could visit, but it was a place that we could abide, we could live, we could dwell. We found out that there were some requirements, prerequisites, if you will, before we could even gain entrance into the place of overflow. The prerequisites were observation and obedience. Once that happens, the gate opens and there's provision in overflow. I wonder if anybody remembers what the provision of overflow was. I'm really quizzing you right here. Uh, I don't want to stress your, your thinking too much. Let me just help you. In this place of overflow, what is provided was prosperity, protection, position, peace, and finally, power. Power. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of overflow. These lamps on this table today have a purpose. They have a function. Does anybody want to guess what that is? I know. Duh. They are created to light. That's their sole purpose. They're created to illuminate, created to dispel darkness, right? But there's one catch. Right now, they're not lit at all. They're just sitting on a table, one standing on the floor. They're not, they're not functioning in their purpose as to why they were created right, right now. I know why. It's right here. What, what, what was that? Uh-huh. You see, the lamps aren't plugged into the power. And so until they're plugged into the power, they're just going to sit on a shelf, sit on a table, stand on a floor, and collect dust, never serving their purpose. But watch what happens. Watch what happens here. I happen to know where the power supply is, where the source of power flows from for these lamps. And once I plug into the power, look what happens. Almost every lamp lit. monkeyed around with this. Oh, there we go. Let there be light. 
Somebody turned that off in between services just to throw me off, didn't they? Did you do that, Pastor Dave? Look at this. Every light now. Yep, yep. Every light is, is working. Let me see if I can blind somebody off there. That one's really loud. Get that out of your face. These lamps, for me, symbolize all that we find in the place of overflow. Each one, prosperity, position, peace, power. But if we don't plug into the source, what's the use of even going to the place of overflow? Because remember, overflow, you can bring up the house light, please. Let me see if I can get this lapel mic going. I want you to remember today, overflow is not about you. Why don't you tell your neighbor that real quick? Just tell him gently, overflow is not about you. Now remind yourself and say, it's not about me either. Jose, I don't mean this wrong, but it's not about you, and it's really not about me. Overflow is about going and getting the abundance that God wants to pour out. Getting so much of it that we, we just get the, the, the benefit of, of being in the place. We are blessed, but it's not about us being blessed. And that's where a lot of believers, uh, they miss the mark. They like being blessed, and who doesn't like being blessed? But God wants to bless you so that you can bless somebody else. I really believe that. You are blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to bless. So God wants you to get to this place of overflow. Get yourself filled to overflowing so that you can go and take this to somebody else. Cheryl, you're going to need some of this. Okay? Jose, you're going to need some of this. Friends, you're going to need some of this. You guys are going to need some of this. Uh-oh, now I'm all depleted. I gave it all away. But I can't keep on the path or I'm, I'm lost. I'm a goner. So what has to happen? I got to pull over and I got to take a pit stop over here. Remember the pit stop in overflow? The pasture? Psalm 23? Then we get replenished and refueled and refocused, refilled, and we're ready to take it to somebody else. That's what overflow is all about. But unless you are tapped into the source and plugged into the power, you're not going to be successful in taking the goodness and the abundance that God has to others in your life. Just as these lamps are ineffective in their purpose because they were not plugged in and not plugged in right now, so will our lives be. We pride ourselves as being Pentecostal. We are assemblies of God, and that means that we are Pentecostal, and that means that we speak in tongues, and we, we dance around the front, and we might fall out after somebody prays for us, and all of these all of these things that really have no meaning or no value necessarily. 
Because the Bible, remember, the Bible's very clear. If all we do is speak in tongues, we're just a lot of noise. We're like a clanging cymbal. It's irritating. It's annoying. And there's plenty of people that have been annoyed by Pentecostals because there's no power to back up the tongues. Does anybody want to hear this today, or should I change my message and do something easy? You want easy? We got to get plugged into the power. I I love that I, that we are Pentecostal, and that speaking in tongues is part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We still believe in that here. We still uh, pray for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation here. But folks, we better be plugged into the power, and that is the point today. The power that we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice this. Power was promised. Power from God was promised. God himself, God the Father, promised power. He actually spoke through a prophet many, many years ago. The prophet's name was Joel. And in Joel chapter 2, this prophet wrote these words. Verse number 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour my spirit in those days. And I would like to think that we are in those days. I love that he let it be known that it's not just for the rich. It's not just for the older in age. It doesn't matter your social status. If you've got money or you have no money, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh, men and women, young and old. It's a promise given by God. I'll pour my spirit out and I'll pour my power out. The promise that was reiterated by God the Son, Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. Now you need to get that right there. It says those already believing in him were going to receive the Spirit later. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. John chapter 14 verse 16 says, And I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. And he, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Spirit, power, promised by God the Son. He goes on to say in John 14, 25, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, in my name. 
He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The power, the promise of power was given by the Father and it was also reiterated by the Son. And how many believe that when God makes a promise, he'll make good on the promise? I believe that what Jesus says he will do, Jesus will in fact do. He promised the disciples that day that power was coming. He promised the disciples that day and the believers of that day the Spirit of God is coming. Not only was power promised, power was provided. Number two, power was provided. Look at Acts chapter 2, starting with verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <laughs> then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled. Somebody say, all filled. The scripture says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The power that was promised by the Father, the power that was promised by the Son, was delivered in full on Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost. But what is provided by the power, by the Spirit? I want you to, I want you to imagine with me that someone has given you a treasure map. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah you got a treasure map. Okay? So you figure out where the treasure is. After some wrong turns, after digging in some wrong places, you finally realize where the treasure is, the place of the treasure. Okay? And you get over to the oasis, the place of overflow. This is where the treasure is. But you still got to get in the, into the... Into the uh, the place of the treasure. So you get in and you find, let's say, just this one element, power. Now power, imagine with me, is a treasure box. It's covered with 24 karat gold. On the gold is the most elaborate and large diamonds, rubies, emeralds, sapphires, whatever you like, you put it on. That's your treasure box right there. Now that box represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is enough just within itself just to have the Holy Spirit, right? But wait a minute. There's actually a lid on this box. And you can actually open up the lid and find that not only do you have the treasure of the box and the value of the box, but within the box there's more treasure and there's more value. That's the Holy Spirit to us. We get the Holy Spirit, but within the Holy Spirit, there's even more. I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on what the Holy Spirit provides for us. What is the treasure of the Holy Spirit? First of all, He provides help. 
John 14, 16, Jesus says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he will abide with you and be with you forever. That's so good. I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? You know where I'm at today? I need all the help I can get. I need help to be the right husband. I need help to be the right father. I need help. God knows I need help to be a pastor and to pastor this church. I cannot do this. I need help to be a preacher. I need help to be a teacher. I need help to administrate. God, I need help. I need help. God says, I knew you were going to need help. So I'm providing help. That's what's found within the box of the, the Holy Spirit, the treasure box of the Holy Spirit. Pull out that string of pearls right there. The help of God by His Spirit. And He says we can have it every day. He will abide with us forever. That's powerful right there. You can have the help of the Holy Spirit every day. Something else. Reach into the box with me now. Pull this out. This is a diamond brooch. He provides guidance for us. Guidance. John 16, 13. However, when he, the Holy the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Anybody ever believed a lie? Somebody told you something once, and you actually believed it, and you found out it was a lie? That's frustrating. The Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. And he'll, he'll quicken us when it's not truth, when it's false. If we can learn to live by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, when I think of him guiding me, I, I think glide. Guide, glide. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he will never manhandle you. He will never pick you up physically and say, that's not the right way. This is how you need to go. Those are not the right words. Put his hand over your mouth and, or make you say certain words. He's not that way. He is a gentleman, and he will nudge us. He will encourage us. He will try to guide us, but it's kind of a gliding, a glidance of the Holy Spirit. It's easy. It's gentle. And if we learn to, it's kind of like a dance. A ballroom dance. There can't be the man and the woman leading, or it's always friction, and somebody's wanting to go this way, and somebody's wanting to go that way, and it's obvious to everybody. There's really nobody leading here. The Holy Spirit is to be the lead, just as a man is to lead the dance. The Holy Spirit is to lead our lives, and we learn to flow, the ebb and flow of the Holy Spirit, and he will lead us and guide us into what is right and into what is truth. I need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He provides that guidance for us. He also provides conviction. Number three here is conviction. John 16, 8, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Part of the problem in our world today is the lack of conviction. America, perhaps, is one of the worst with this in mind, but Europe is, is very, very uh, worldly and pulling against God and pulling away from God and doing their own thing as well. But over time, we have decided, society, the world has decided that what used to be wrong, now it's right. 
and enough people agreed with this false teaching, this erroneous way, and they have made what is wrong become acceptable in our society. And no conviction in the heart or in the mind. The hearts and minds of our world have become seared and calloused to where they can do wrong and not even worry about it, not even care about it, and even, even lord it out as something that is right. See, the Holy Spirit will convict gently, lovingly, whisper into our ear, that is not right. You should not go there. You should not go to the bar. You should not go to the club. You should not go to that website. Right? But if we say, well, I want to go anyway, and we resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then we also lose the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and we lose the help of the Holy Spirit. We throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. I don't want to be convicted right now. I want my own way. I want to be, uh, I want vengeance. I want satisfaction, whatever it might be. So we resist that conviction. We also lose the guidance and we lose the help of the Holy Spirit all in one. Here's another thing that's provided in this treasure box that is the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're going to like this because this is a three for one right here. I found this in Romans 15, verse 13. He provides joy, peace, and hope. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Sadly, when the enemy comes in to do his job, which is to what? Oh, you know it well. Steal kill and destroy, one of the first places he goes to rob is the area of joy in our lives. Because if he steals away joy, what else does he get? Remember what the joy of the Lord is? So if the enemy can steal away your joy, he also gets your strength. When your strength is gone, you have no, no way of fighting and so the peace gets stolen away. And if you don't have joy and you don't have peace, guess what? You don't have any hope either. All hope is gone. It just seems like a loss. It seems like a failure. There's no hope for my marriage. There's no hope for my finances. There's no hope. But if you can find the joy of the Lord, you find strength as well. And when you have that joy and that strength, what comes with that is just a peace. A peace that God is in control. And no matter the highs and lows of life, God is in control of my life and everything is going to be all right. And so you have hope for today and hope for tomorrow. That comes, ladies and gentlemen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will supply and empower you with joy, peace, and hope. One more thing that will be provided by the Holy Spirit that I found here, he provides power. The Holy Spirit is not given so that we can speak in tongues. And again, I believe, this church believes that the initial physical evidence, according to scripture, I'll share this more tonight, it was speaking in tongues. And I believe that is for us today 
And I believe every believer that would, would desire this gift can receive this, and you can have your own heavenly prayer language yourself. But it's not about speaking in tongues. We get hung up on speaking in tongues or afraid of speaking in tongues. It works both ways. We get proud that we speak in tongues, or we pull away and we say, I'm not going to speak like that because I I, I, I'm out of control. Well, that's kind of the point. God wants you out of control so he can be in control. The Spirit wants me out of control so he can be in control, even of my tongue. The other thing that comes with the, the gift of the Spirit is power. And you shall receive what? Power. power. Look at Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Uh, uh, the end of the earth. Let me break that down in a language that you might understand. Jerusalem is La Palma for me. Whatever city you live in, that is your Jerusalem. Judea, that is California for us. That is our Judea. Samaria, that's even a bigger region because it's city and then a bigger region and then even a bigger region. Uh, Samaria will be like the United States for us. So in La Palma, in California, in the United States of America, and to the end of the earth, we're called to be witnesses. That's what we're called to. You can't accomplish this without proper power. Look at all that the Spirit gives us. Why, oh why, would we not receive this gift? Freely given. I'm astounded, church, really, at how many of our Assemblies of God churches even have decided that the Holy Spirit will bring too much confusion. The Holy Spirit never confuses. Never confuses. But people have decided the Holy Spirit brings too much confusion, so we're just going to not allow Him to move freely we're not going to allow the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation and active in our, in our services. I, I talked to one, one friend of mine. We went to college together. And I said, well, what if God's speaking to someone about being used in a gift? And they want, you know, they're going to speak in tongues and give a message in tongues. And he just went, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I mean, he chuckled and said, that's just not going to happen. And I was so grieved. Another said, well, we reserve that. Listen to the verbiage and the language, because I'm not making this up. We reserve that for our Sunday night services or our small groups when it's more controlled. Wow. Listen. I want the gift of the, op uh, of the Spirit in operation here. And I know the vast majority here are with me on that. But with that comes uh, a bit of, of instruction, clarification, teaching, 
And it always has to be in order. Come on, somebody. It always has to be in order. If that's not in order, it's not going to please God, and I don't want to have a part of that. But God will let us, he'll help us. Again, the Holy Spirit helps us. He's, he's, he's in his function here, helping us. But here we are. Knock those lights down again for me. Here we are. Too many times, we're just sitting on a table somewhere, just collecting dust, not functioning in our role and in our purpose. Folks, I've got one more point to my message today, but I'm not giving it to you this morning. I'm only going to tell you the title of the point. You to come back tonight and I'm going to teach on this. Point number three is plug into the power. Plug into the power. When we can learn to live our lives empowered every day by the Holy Spirit, we can get all that He affords and all that he offers in this place of overflow and we can take it to somebody. Here, bro, you're going to need some of this. Go get you some now, see? You get you all that you can and get over filled, overflowing and you take it to somebody else. You take it to somebody else. Take it to somebody else. Stay plugged in. Stay empowered every day. If you have never been Bring up the house lights for me. If you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, meet me here tonight. My pastors and the elders, we're going to pray for some people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're going to receive, I believe it. And for those who need a refilling, I believe all of us could qualify right here. We too are going to be filled, empowered to do what God has called us to do. A moment ago, I said one of the one of the uh, things that the Holy Spirit does is convict. I'm thankful for that. He convicts us of wrong, and he convicts us of sin, and he convinces us of our need of a Savior bow your heads this morning. Maybe there's even just one that's here. The Holy Spirit is convicting you of wrong and convincing you of your need of a Savior. Jesus stands today saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me you're here today and you'd like to give your life to Christ and you want me to pray for you, just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Before we leave today, your life can be transformed. Lift your hand now and put it back down saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I would like to accept Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone?
stand. Don't miss tonight, please, please. I believe that God is going to pour his spirit upon us in a fresh and real way, empowering us to take the overflow all around the world. Father, thank you for a great day in your house. We ask now, God, that you go with us, go ahead of us, keep us safe, and use us for your kingdom, for your purpose. We give you praise. We pray it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Be sure to stop by the ministry fair. Have a great afternoon. We'll look for you tonight. God bless.